Lambert. Und Karl-Heinz Riedler 1 zu 0 für Borussia Dortmund. meine Damen und Herren. Welcome back to another German football podcast. Uh, today it's just myself, Troy Campbell, and Ronan Alexander. Today, no guests with us today, but it was nice to have a wee change last week, uh, having Antoine on. But um, Ronan, how you doing, mate? Have you recovered from last night's game? You watched the Gladbach game for us. Uh, have you recovered yet? I'm doing all right. I thought they were going to hold on. I couldn't believe that they kind of threw it away at the end. I thought they were well on top and should have probably been out of sight before Madrid got back in it. So I think it's a, a big chance missed for them, but... I think they've definitely put in a good account of themselves, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's disappointing because if there was ever a time to beat Madrid, this is probably the time where they're probably not at their best. And this is the time to have that kind of glory of, you know, the German league kind of getting one over the Spanish league at the moment. Um, so it's a bit disappointing that they, yeah, I don't know, you mentioned that player missed a big opportunity as well to kind of take the game out of sight. Um, so it's a bit disappointing that they couldn't hold on. But... If you asked Gladbach before the game, would they take a two-all draw with Real Madrid? They'd, they'd probably bite your hand off for it. They'd take that. That's a good start to the campaign. Two toughest teams, and they've picked up two points. So I don't think they've been terrible, but you could maybe see them drop some points. Yeah, that's right. I well, see, with player missing the chance to make it 3-0, to give them some credit, that pass for the first goal was an absolute beauty. Outstanding. That's two games now, because was it not uh, Florian Neuhaus? His um his assist for the two Rams goal was amazing the first time as well. So, uh, they're, they're just they're killing in Europe, which is really good because I mean they were a bit. Uh, we'll probably speak about the game last week later, but they were a bit shaky against Mainz with a bit of a uh, strange lineup, you know, because of um champion in between a Champions League. You know, what are you going to um, prioritize out the Milan Real Madrid in the Champions League or Mainz away in the Bundesliga, but. To see them come out in both games and really go for it. Um, and like I said to you yesterday, it's very attacking minded lineup as well. You know, you, if you if you include Stindle as a very attacking midfielder, you're looking at like four re- really good attacking options there. Um, and even a really so- solid back line as well. So I think Gladbach are doing a lot better than we unfortunately said last week before they played um, in at Milan in last week's pod. Um, so credit to them, they're doing really well. Um, Bayern. I think Bayern kind of struggled a wee bit last day. They, they, I mean, they got the job done in the end. But I think Lokomotiv Moscow were very good. Um, they they hit Bayern in the weaknesses. Um, I think they made the, the most of Davies not being there on the left-hand side. They got in behind a couple of times. Neuer had to rush out his box like he likes to do uh, a couple of times as well. And there was times in the game where you thought Moscow were going to hold on to the draw or even go for the win. But Jozef Akimic, again, another, I don't think you've seen him ever score a bad goal. I think every goal I've seen them, it's always been an absolute cracker. So uh, it was good for um, Munich to get the three points again last night. They're still undefeated in Europe in a long time. Um, but I don't know if someone's, do you think someone's going to maybe steal some points off them soon? Um, just coming up to, the, to this kind of time where they're starting to get leggy a bit, and you can see in performances, do you think someone's going to pick up points soon? Possibly, I think. So, so glimpses. Well, I've seen that Hoffenheim game a few weeks ago, and then uh, Hertha Berlin as well gave them a scare at home. And them now losing Davies for a few weeks could have an impact on the way they set up defensively. But 
we played your boys this weekend, Cowan, and I think you said off camera before you don't know your fancy Cowan, but what do you think? I fancy Cowan against Birmingham. <laughs> Not never going to happen. Uh, I'd really doubt it's going to happen this weekend. Um, maybe following weekend, Bayern will um, slip up, but I really don't think they're going to come to Kiln on Saturday um, and leave with anything less than three points. That's just a pessimistic Cowan fan inside me. But um, I guess um, it was good. It was good to see both teams, you know, not losing. Um, and hopefully the same kind of happens tonight. You know, when uh, Dortmund play against Zenit and Leipzig against Man United, I think Leipzig will beat Man United. Going to be very confident. Say that this will go out tomorrow, and everyone will laugh that Man United have just absolutely hammered Leipzig. But I think Leipzig um, will beat Man United um, tonight as we're recording. What do you think? I definitely wouldn't bet against Leipzig anyway, but of course, if things do go wrong, we're recording it before the game, so you can just edit it out. But... Definitely. <laughs> we'll definitely just be cutting that wee bit out. And Dortmund as well, what's your thoughts? Do you think they're going to uh, recoup after their um, defeat in Rome, but a win in the Riviera Derby? I think that the win on Saturday will give them confidence to, to keep going, but... There is a wee bit of pressure on them after losing the first game, so they do kind of need the three points. Um, so it's pretty important game for them because if they do lose tonight, do they hit the panic button in, in Europe yet or will they recover with four games to go? But I think they do need to pick up something tonight, definitely. Yeah, I think um, the only reason that they might definitely have to you know, hit that panic button is if Bruges pick up anything against Lazio because then the group's you know, wide open after that and they all have no points and every other team will have at least something. So I think that is when maybe the, the after with four games to go, there's still time, you know, you still pick up 12 points. 12 points can get you through in a Champions League group stage, usually. Uh, be quite unlucky if you picked up over double digits in Champions League and not qualify. But I think um, tonight they need to go and prove a point that they are going to become a force in Europe, I think, eventually with this young squad. And kind of prove it now before it kind of dwindles out a bit. So I think um, it'll be two important games for the, the teams tonight. But I'm going to I'm going to be optimistic and go for two wins. Uh, and like you said, if it's two defeats, we'll just take this bit out and um, completely forget about it. That it didn't happen. <laughs> so the, the the main part of this podcast um, today is what we're going to do is we're going to turn this into a lower league um, podcast that basically give you an insight and life um, underneath the, the Zweite Liga in Germany, um, from the Dritte Liga into the Regional Liga, because it's, if you weren't aware, it's actually a very new system. Uh, it's a system that seems to be working fairly well as well. It's changed sometimes during the, the inaugural period, but I think it's a, it's a brand new system, the Dritte Liga and the, the new Regional Liga, before it was just Regional Liga, North and Sud. Um, and now we've got Dritte Liga and we'll get five different regional ligas underneath that. So regional liga, just regional leagues um, and Dritte Liga, obviously, third, basically your third division. But it's anything like the third division in Scotland, uh, Ronan. It's a very competitive league. Um, even the regional ligas are very competitive leagues as well. Um, but have you, have you ever had a, a good look into the Dritte Liga before or the regional liga that you've... Um, Teams have caught your eye since you've been into the German game? Uh, I a couple of them in the Dritte Liga. Like, there's a couple of big teams down there, like 1860 Munich are one. Uh, I think people will be familiar when, obviously, uh, 
Kaiser Slautern as well. They're a, yeah. a massive club. Had, you know, a bit of money trouble over recent years, I believe. But Aye, there's huge teams in this league. Um, and you find this a very, there's a big split between the West teams and the, the East teams as well in this, uh, the Drift of the League. A couple of North teams, you know, Hansa Rostock are a big, um, and they're a big uh, historic side as well. Um, and you've got even teams like that are coming through, you know, Ingolstadt's, uh, Halle, um, Dino Dresden, in fact, are still are down there now. They've they've been down, they've been in the Drift League for a couple of seasons. But you look at the capacity of some of the stadiums as well. And I mean, um, you look at Kaiserslautern, you know, they're about 50,000. Dresden, Duisburg, 30,000. These aren't like small clubs. Magdeburg, even 30,000. These aren't small clubs. These are big clubs. Um, and it's not a league that you would maybe look at and assume that it's the, the, the it's not when you look at maybe a league two in Scotland and you just assume that all the teams aren't very good. There are very good teams in this league, even in Regional League, which we want to as well. But there's it's a very competitive league, and you even so even last season's um Drift League completely proves how competitive it was. But we'll just give you a wee kind of introduction into the leagues, um, so you can understand how they work and um. You know, you might end up wanting to, to start supporting a Dritta Liga team or a Regionale Liga team after this because there are some really interesting clubs in here as well. And that's something we can maybe go into in a later podcast and find um, clubs that are a bit more unique and different and teams that, that from an outsider's point of view, you might be interested in supporting. But we'll just kind of, we'll talk about the Dritta Liga. So Dritta Liga obviously formed in 2008, so it's only 12 seasons old at the moment. Um, the way it works is basically there's 20 teams in the league uh, it's third in the pyramid system of Germany. Two go up and four go down. Four um, going into the... It used to be three, in fact. It was re- only recently changed in the past couple of seasons that um, it was three went down, but it's now four um, go down. And we'll touch on that more when we talk about the Regional Liga of how it works between the, the clubs and who go, how the teams go down and where they go into. Because obviously it's similar to when you look at how League Two teams in Scotland go down, uh, as in there's a Highland and a Lonely team is going to fill the slot, but what if that team doesn't fit into the, the Highland League or the Lonely League if the Lone League team comes up? So we can talk about that with the Regional League stuff, but that's the, the kind of main, how it works. So two will go up automatically with one going to a playoff against his Vital League side. And historically looking at it, it's been kind of even on how many teams, how the teams go up. Um, so if you look at the Zweite Liga to Bundesliga, there's a big ratio in Bundesliga sides dominating that um, playoff. And I know a lot of um, German football fans don't like the way the playoff works because if you look at the Zweite Liga to the Bundesliga, there's a huge, huge gap. Even, I mean, Ron and look at the game last season between Heidenheim and Bremen. No matter how bad a season Bremen had, you didn't really have much doubt that Bremen were going to come out of that game on top. Yeah, Heidenheim certainly putting a good account on themselves in that game, but even for how bad Bremen were, they still had a bit too much for them. But it's exciting for like if you're a neutral or someone to see those playoff games because there's a, always a lot of drama in them, and you know it's players playing for you know there's a lot of stakes, so they're, they're always good to watch. So even looking at the the promotion playoff for Drift League last season, you know it was really really exciting, like you said, from a neutral to watch that game between Nuremberg and Ingolstadt. So obviously the first game. Uh, was won by Nuremberg. This Vital League side they won two 0 over Ingolstadt, and then Ingolstadt was three 0 up. But it was a late goal for for Nuremberg um, that that clinched the, that, that away goals rule. I don't. I'm not sure if I, I like the away goals rule um, for that kind of game. You know, I think it's a bit unfair to kind of. It's not the same. You know, 
to, to win on a 90-plus six-minute goal or away goals after being 3-0 up against a team ahead of you, I, I mean, for me, I'd be very disappointed if I was a, uh, an Ingolstadt fan. Yeah, especially when the game's behind closed doors, so it's not really like away goals gives you some sort of advantage in that type of game. Yeah, it's weird. I don't think it should have gave them an advantage, but it was it was incredible because you were going into the, the, the first half and I remember watching it and... It was nothing each. Nothing. It looked like Nuremberg were just going to go and stroll it in the uh, second half and then all of a sudden three goals in about 10 minutes for uh, Ingolstadt. And they're so close to getting promotion and getting Nuremberg, a big side, a big team in Germany, into the Dritteliga. Um, so I'm not... I like the... I don't I don't mind the playoff system. I think it works, but I can understand why a lot of people aren't big fans of it, especially... Um, when it comes down to away goals, I don't like the away goals rule part of it. I think if you got rid of away goals, it would it would work just as well. It's bet I think you know the one off game is, for me is better than the way we do in Scotland, as in like uh, the fourth team, the third team play each other, and the winner of the fourth and third team will play the second team, and then the winner of that will play the eleventh. I mean, it's just pointless. Cause look how many, I mean, look how many games you end up seeing some of the teams playing, and then they're knackered by the end of it because they're playing like what six games. Um, and so many days, and then then you go play a Premiership team whose league has just finished. So I think that's the that's better in terms of how we do it in Scotland. But I think um, don't feel agreement, but I think if we scrap you scrap the way goals rule, I think it would um, it would work quite well. Yeah, I wouldn't be against that anyway. Yeah. Rather, price if you're a neutral, you'd probably rather see it go to extra time and penalties anyway. So definitely, definitely more more drama, more drama. Um, definitely. I mean, like we said, very new league only started in 2008. Um, and what happened was basically they took four teams from the Zweite Liga. So that was Kickers Hoffenbach, Erzberg Auer, Paderborn, and Karl Zeiss Jena. Um, and then they split it from the Regional Liga North and the Regional Liga Sud. So that's Re- Re- Regional League North and Regional League South, basically. Um, and they made this 20 league Dritte Liga underneath the Zweite Liga and in between the, the Regional Liga. Do you know who was the first ever team to win the Dritte Liga, Ronan? I'll give you a hint. It's a Bundesliga side. Bundesliga side? Um, when was it? 2008, did you say? 2008, 2009, and it's a Bundesliga side. I got a shock when I saw the top two for the Dritte Liga for the very first season. Um, but the, the team that won it um, are currently a Bundesliga side. I'm going to guess either Augsburg or Hoffenheim? Nah, Union Berlin. Was it? But the, the thing was, Union Berlin were promoted from Regional Liga Nord at the time as well. So this was a team that are, I mean, they played really well last season and they looked like they're going to establish themselves as a Bundesliga side, I think. Uh, but over 10 years ago, they were just getting promoted from Regional Liga Zud into Dritte Liga. And they won the Dritte Liga, but they've not been back anywhere near that level since they won that league, uh, fortunately for them. And the team that finished second that season were Fortuna Dusseldorf as well. So that's another club that nowadays you'd look at as a very big club. Um, but they also get promoted from the Liga and Liga North that season um, to make this Dritte Liga. So it's definitely never been a, a league that's not been full of big, big clubs. Each year, there's always a huge club in it. Um, so to see clubs like Union Berlin and uh, Dusseldorf being the very first teams promoted from it, uh, it's quite interesting, I think. And talking about current Bundesliga teams, how about a current Bundesliga player? So this... I'll give you another guessing game, Ronan. Um, this player was 18 years old and scored 15 goals in 32 games for Bayern Munich's Vai. And he's still playing in the Bundesliga at the moment. 
Who does he play for in the Bundesliga now? If I tell you, I think you'll get you'll get it straight away. But he was basically promoted into the the first team for Bayern. For Bayern, yes. Oh, I can't even think. Blink 2008, who kind of burst onto the scene in Germany at the time, especially thinking about that World Cup uh, that was coming up in South Africa? Young player. I don't even know. I feel like I'm going to kick myself when you tell you me. You are. You really are. Thomas Muller. Thomas Muller scored 18 oh, goals. I thought that was too obvious. <laughs> it's very obvious. Thomas Muller scored 15 goals at the age of 18. Um, for, in his first 32 games for Bayern Munich is why so that players came a lot of players come through that can assist them um, and that was a successful Bayern Munich's why team as well they came fifth that year uh, but they had um, Thomas Muller who has become one of the best one of the best attacking players Germany's seen in the in recent times and in Bundesliga I would say and he came from the Dritte Liga uh, the first season you've also had like Managers, Uwe Neuhaus, current Bundesliga manager. He's with um, Arminia Bielefeld at the moment. And also for any English football fans, Ralf Hassenhutter, the Austrian manager who's now um, at Southampton. He was in charge of Unterhaking when the Dritte Liga started out. So it's definitely a league that's built for progression. And I think it's worked because you see a lot of teams have came from Dritte Liga all the way up to Bundesliga. Recent times, Bielefeld have done it. Um, in recent times, Paderborn have done it, and you also seen like um, talking earlier that Union Berlin were there. So it's definitely, a, I think, I would say it's quite a progressive league in the way that it's kind of viewed um, compared to maybe some other second kind of tier, um, third tier kind of leagues um, in Europe. Um, but we'll we'll move on to kind of teams that you know most successful teams. They've ever been in the Dritte Liga, and you can even tell by how young it is. They've only won twice. Was Osnabrück? Osnabrück currently in Zweite Liga. They've only they've the only team to win the league more than one time. So I think that just again kind of proves how competitive this league is. The only one team have won the league more than one time. A couple of teams have been promoted a couple of times, and also RB Leipzig, current Bundesliga, you know, top four side. When they were coming to the ranks um, after their regeneration. Um, as well, maybe not. We'll talk, that's another one we might. I think we might go into more detail on how Leipzig were formed eventually, um, but how they kind of changed everything and the whole. If there's a Red Bull link, if there's not a Red Bull link, you know, we can we can discuss that at a later time. But they even their first um, season in it, they were promoted straight away, 2013-14, but they came second. They actually um, they were in goal difference to Heidenheim, a current Zweite Liga side as well. So I think another reason just to prove how competitive this league can be. Bayern Munich's Vi are the only second league team second, no, second league team. Bayern Munich's Vi are the only second team reserve team if you will who actually ever won in the history as well. So they made history last year. Obviously it was a very don't know how much you kept up with the League last year Ronan, but it was a very competitive last 10 games as it usually is when you look at the Dritte Liga. Um, but Bayern Munich came on top of that eventually and became the first reserve team to ever win it even after back-to-back promotions, because they came from the Regional Liga Bayern before that as well. So it's um, it's a very, very strange but competitive league. Um, I, one that I've kind of kept a close eye on, you know, even speaking about some of the teams we were talking about earlier, I think um, you can look you can look at some of these teams as Zweite Liga sides. Even, I mean, you could probably count 
Kaiserslautern, you know when you talk about teams in Scotland or they're a Premier League team, they're a, they're definitely a championship team. Kaiserslautern, the size of that club, no matter what they're going through at the moment, they were a, they were a huge Bundesliga side, um, competing in Europe and things like this. So if you've ever been interested in the lower leagues in Germany, I would get yourself involved in the Dritte Liga. Also, you know, also get yourself involved in the Regional Liga, which we'll talk about later. But um, what's your thoughts on the reserve sides, Ronan? Because obviously there's been a lot of chat in Scotland recently about what we, we call them a Colts team, basically. Um, it seems to be successful in Germany, uh, but would, do you think this could be something that could be implemented into Scotland? Or do you think that Scotland would ever take this model on? I don't see it happening in Scotland anytime soon because I think with the, in Scotland with the Lowland League and Highland League, well, the Lowland League being more recent, I think they already kind of have a new plan with the pyramid in place for, you know, clubs like Kelly Hearts and like Ockermack Talbot in the league below. There's kind of already a setup for those clubs to come through and push on into the leagues. So I think there's already like a setup in place that if they were to mess around with it now, I think it would get a bit of backlash. Whereas in Germany, obviously they started back in 2008. So it's already had a bit of time to settle and progress on and you know, for people to get used to. But I think it, it does work well in, in Germany. Um, obviously, you got to see uh, Cologne's second team play a few weeks ago. And I think, you know, obviously it helps younger players and players coming back from injury that you saw and you picked out quite a good rule so that, you know, if you have Bayern Munich second team in the Dritte Liga, they can't just say, oh, well, if we win, if we need three points this week, so we'll just chuck Lewandowski in the team. You know, they can't do that. You spotted out quite a, an interesting rule in it. Yeah, so basically, it's it's the, the teams are based as under-23 teams, as you would imagine, you know, with the chat in Scotland of having a Rangers Colts and a Celtic Colts joining the league system, you know, it's going to be an under-23s. But you can still have overage players. Um, from what I've read, there's no rule on how many overage players you can have, but it's basically meant to be that there's, there's special circumstances and exceptions where you can have um, players over that age of 23. But the rule is they have to have a four-game stand-down period between that, basically. So how it works is, as you mentioned, I went to see uh, Fortuna Kiln against Kilnsvai, FC Kilnsvai. Christian Clements, um, very injured bone player. Uh, he's on his way back. Uh, I noticed he was training with the first team again recently, but he had a spell in the Regional Liga with FC Kilnsvai. You have to play, you have to be involved in that squad for four games. So it's, it's good in that sense that, you know, if you get players going through rehab and that kind of rehabilitation process, you can stick them in a competitive league where they're still going to play football without hampering their chances of getting back into the first team. So I think that's a good system. It's good for young players who are maybe on the brinks are coming through. So even, you know, picking Kiln again because it's a team I've got most kind of knowledge for. Noah Catherback came through to the first team last season and never went back to the, the, the second team. But he's out injured at the moment. He'll maybe play a couple of games for this, the, the reserve team of Kiln before he comes back into I think it's a really good way of keeping your squad fresh and you, you even you can have players in that squad that you you think well they're actually performing at a better standard especially young players so there's a couple of young players coming through even at Kiln that are looking good in the second team and they might get their chance eventually to go through like Caterback did like Jacobs have in recent times so I think it's another kind of good progressive way of 
how the German football is working. What I would, what other rules they do have though, um, which makes basically makes perfect sense, is that they can't be higher than the Dritteliga. Um, they also can't be within one league of the team. So, for instance, because Bayern Munich's Vi are the only uh, reserve team that are currently in the top three leagues. I'm only using this as an example because this is never going to happen. If Bayern Munich were ever relegated to Zweite Liga, no matter where Bayern Munich's Vi finished in the Dritte Liga, they could win the Dritte Liga, they'd be relegated because there has to be a team, uh, a league, sorry, in between the, the two clubs because it would make no sense. Imagine a couple of teams have been in recently. So Dortmund's uh, second team, the reserve team, even Bremen's reserve team have been in it quite a few times recently, the Dritte Liga. Uh, Stuttgart had us um, and Mainz um, reserve team seems to have done really well in the past couple of years. So imagine Mainz got relegated this year and uh, Mainz's reserve team won their regional Liga. They would stay in the regional Liga. They can't go yeah. with a, a, a league difference. So it's good in that way that they're not... So Bayern Munich um, is why are never going to overtake any of the teams in that league. They're there, they're there on merit. They played really well, good football last season. You can even see that Hennis um, got the job at Hoffenheim. It proves that I think they're going to be quite a progressive, it's a progressive way, you know, similar to the league in general. I think it's a very progressive way of getting young players through, young managers through as well, because even um, Sandro Schwartz, um of Mainz a couple of seasons ago, he was the, the Mainz uh, reserve coach at one point, then got promoted into the Mainz um, set up to be their trainer for the first team. So I think it's, it's good for clubs like this who can utilise that and make it, make it work successfully, like clubs like Mainz, Bremen, um, obviously Munich have done really well. But the other, the other thing that you find is that it might overpower some of their teams. So obviously Bayern um, had, oh, and they've actually, they've registered ARP as a, in their Dritte Liga side this season. So ARP, ARP could probably at least play Zweite Liga. Um, you know, he was really looking really good at Hamburg and he made that move to Bayern. It never really worked out for him. It wasn't going to be the, the man who was going to be right behind Lewandowski pushing him forward. It didn't look like it was going to happen. But he is in the he's been registered for them and the the reserve squad, but he could be promoted back to the first team eventually. So it's good for progression, it's good for players who maybe haven't found form for a long time, players that are injured, young players coming through that might deserve a chance. So I quite like the reserve team um system uh, that they've got in Germany. They're not allowed to compete in the DFP Pokal anymore, but you know, a lot of have got quite far. You know, I think Stuttgart got to the quarterfinals, like Stuttgart's second team got to the quarterfinals. That's crazy. Imagine like a Bundesliga side get put out in the first round, but Stuttgart have got two sides in this competition for, for a It makes no sense, but I, that, so that's probably a good way that they did cancel um, that these teams could go into the Pokal. But for me, I, I mean, I don't know if you 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 like it, Ronnie, but I, I quite like the system. I think it works. Um, the fact that you can't go in anywhere near the other club is a, is a huge rule for me. I think it makes sense. It makes it more fair for the other squads because look at Bayern last season. They did really well in that second league. You know, I mean, Wolfsburg, um, Braunschweig, they kept them really close. Obviously, they were the ones that ended up getting promoted. And... You look at um, Ingolstadt, Ingolstadt got to the the playoff, but they finished fourth in any normal season, finishing fourth when getting into the playoff. So it's an interesting setup. 
I like it. I mean, what's your thoughts on it? Do you, do you think it's um, do you think it's a positive thing in German football to have this, or do you, are you in agreement with how Scottish football looks at the reserve and cult teams? I don't mind it in the way that it develops young players, like you mentioned, um, or put Bayern. Sorry, he made his debut for the first team in the cup a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you've got players like Chris Richards just had a look there. He played thirty games for their second team last season, and now he's kind of progressed up. You know, he's on the bench most weeks for the first team. Same with uh, Jeremy Musiala. So there's definitely that kind of stepping stone for teams there, which I think works quite well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and last kind of notes on the Dritta Liga before we move on, and you can take over some Regional Liga information. The Lewandowski's, I like to call him, of the Dritta Liga is Anton Fink. He's got 136 goals in the Dritta Liga for a, t- for a league that's only, what, how many years is that now? 12, 13 years old? 136 goals, that's pretty impressive. Um, so he's, he was scoring these goals for Karlsruhe, Zweite Liga side now, uh, Unterhaking, a Dritta Liga side. Uh, and Chemnitzer and Allen, who have both um, been recently down into the Regional Liga. So that's your Lewandowski of the Dritta Liga. She does actually still play in the league at the moment, but that was um, your Lewandowski. I feel I feel like we need to find a Lewandowski for every league now. It's just he's got he's got that um, he's got that kind of target on him now. He's the he's the goal scorer for a league. If anyone in the league that's flying, anyone flying in a league with goals, it's going to be a Lewandowski surely running. That's the comparison. So that's probably enough on the Dritta Liga. You know, check out Kicker and things like this for uh, Dritta Liga information. You know, they're really good for things like that um, to follow all the teams. Even just check out a lot. Of the, most of the teams um, they might not have an English speaking account, but even give them a follow on Twitter and things like that just to kind of keep up with the Dritta Liga. I know the Dritta Liga page itself has done a lot recently, especially this season. Um, so even give that a follow. Um, and keep up with um, what is a very, very excited league and looks to be another one um, this season. You know, looking with like Saarbrück and Vero being very successful so far in the top four already. Um, they've, they've kind of been sniffing around it as well. So it'll be good to see um, how that league finishes up. But we'll jump into some Regional Liga. And I say Regional Liga like it's one league, but it's actually five leagues running. So, I mean, you, you kind of took on some research in this. So what's your findings on the, what what's similar to all? equivalent of German football, but a lot higher standard. <laughs> so, well, obviously, as you said, there's five leagues, so to try and keep it simple, it's obviously the fourth tier of German football where there's five different regional leagues. So you have the North, the northeast, the West, Southwest, and the Bayern. There are five different regions. And they obviously earn promotion into the Dritta Liga that we've just been speaking about. So the three best champions will go up. And then the other two will have a playoff to determine who gets the fourth promotion place up to the Dritta Liga. And the clubs who get relegated go down to the, the Oberliga. And in those leagues, um, there's some kind of sleeping giants, some sort of big clubs, as we see in, in other countries as well, who, you know, they've had quite a, a rich history over the years. Um, so for a few of them, you have Lokomotiv Leipzig, who were the first ever German champions in 1903. Um, they've been three times German champions. They actually won their Regionalliga last year, but they lost the playoff game. So they're still in Regionalliga at the moment. Yeah, they're very unlucky um, to play with that game uh, with against Vero. You know, it, it looked like it could have went either way. Um, so they're quite dis- they were quite unlucky that they didn't go up. A lot of people were kind of hoping they'd go up. You know, like you said, they're very 
um, historic side. Um, and it'd be good to see another Leipzig team come into the, the kind of professional league in Germany, taking that try and rival RB. Ah, uh, definitely. Um, another team I spotted as well was one who did get promoted last season to the Drithaliga is Saarbrücken. They're currently sitting uh, third at the moment in the third division in Germany after being promoted last year. But when they were in the fourth tier last season, they also got to the semi-finals of the Pokal where they came up against Bayer Leverkusen. So that's quite interesting that a club from down the divisions managed to make it so far in you know the the national cup competition. Yeah, we don't talk about that because they beat Kelm on penalties last season. Um, <laughs> so uh, they actually, I think they put out two Bundesliga sides on the way. I think I think they put out Düsseldorf as well. I'm, I'm sure it was Kelm and Düsseldorf they put out. Um, so they were pretty impressive. But that's another thing you'll probably find out is that because a lot of the sides go into the Pokal, that you find that there's a, there's a lot of, kind of upsets and there is a couple of teams who kind of make it um, past a couple of rounds and it's really exciting to see. Yeah, I think another team that stood out to me is a team who've won, been German champions twice, is Victoria Berlin. Mm. Um, they're currently top of the Northeast League, where they've played 11-1-11. So they're possibly a team to keep an eye out for um, over the coming years. And another one, obviously, was being the German football podcast with a Scottish connection, is also Rottweiss Essen. Mm. who are one-time German champions back in 1955. And with them being German champions back then, they went on to play in the European Champions Club Cup, where they faced Hibs. And Hibs were the first British team to make it into Europe. And you wanted, up against you wanted to for so long, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, to, just to jump that out. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they played against Hibs. Um, Hibs won but eventually got put out by Stade Reims from France, who I think went on to... They won the final or they lost the final to Real Madrid, I can't remember. But So, yeah, Rottweiss-Essen, that kind of link with Hibs in the 1950s. And Rottweiss-Essen, they're currently top of the the West League in the Regional Liga, but they have Dortmund's second team are currently sitting second place in the division with a game in hand. Um, so, yeah, could we see another... Another reserve team make it into the Dritta League or Rottweiss and a team with a lot of history are, are up there as well competing. Yeah, I was actually, I was listening to the, the, the Stylecast podcast. So that's the um, the the Athletics um, German podcast hosted by Raphael Honigstein. Really good listen for anyone who hasn't heard of it. But I'm assuming if you listen to something like this, you've already listened to the Stylecast. But they were actually talking about Dortmund's um, reserve team and how they've kind of changed, how they're going to to view it and they want to try and be like Bayern Munich next season and be a team that's got like because I've got a lot of good young players coming through you know but um, Anton mentioned last uh, week Yusufo Makuku uh, he's he's excellent you know so they'll get players that have been playing for them you know he's, I think um, I think they could they could possibly push for it and another point about Dortmund's why that they mentioned was that if Lucien Favre was to lose his job this season they think that they were saying that they think that Dortmund's um reserve coach Enrico Masson, who's recently came in, uh, who's recently been a, a successful head coach in Regional Liga, um, could be the man who takes over. And you, you never know, he could end up being Dortmund's new manager eventually, um, just by the way the Germans do things. So I, I'd be interesting to see if Dortmund um, can 
like this right team can actually push on and attempt to to replicate what Bayern have seemingly done in the Drittliga and became a bit of a force in the past couple of seasons since they've been up there. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but you know, I, I went to a regional league game a couple of the Fortuna Kiln game I mentioned in the very first podcast that was a regional league game and I thought the standard was very impressive. Um, I, it's not a league I've watched before. Kept an eye on it because um, I think I bought tickets to Alamania Aachen game once, uh, but Kiln tickets came up so I chose Kiln over Aachen, which at the time was a bad mistake because even though it was Kiln, I think the game was nothing each um, in Kiln. And I think Almini Akin won like 4 2 at the time. So missed a lot of goals in that game. But I think there's, um, it's definitely a league to look out for, um, especially if you're a ground topper. See, if you look at the regional League of Vest, um, there's so many teams so close to each other in North Rhine, Westphalia, and the area that I live at the moment in Kern. There's so many teams around about this area as well. So I, I would definitely, if you're, if you're a bit of a ground hopper, have a look into the regional league sides because some of the grounds are outstanding. Really old-fashioned looking grounds, you know. If you're a Scottish football fan that likes Somerset Park, you're going to love all these kind of old grounds in Germany with the terracing because they all look amazing. I definitely like the kind of terrace aspect to the stadiums. You know, it gives them a lot of character. Uh, see, I studied at university in air, so went along to Somerset a, f- a few times uh, during my time there, you know, on the on the terraces. And, you know, you see that a lot in German football as well. Even clubs in the top league, like Union Berlin, I think they're, you know, keep their terrace. And their stadium's possibly my favourite, you know, in the middle of the forest with the, oh, the terrace in so much character to it. It's basically, I think you look at it, it's actually like three quarters of the stadium is actually of the... The stadion and their Alton Foresterai um, is actually, you know, standing. So to see a top club team like that, I think that's really interesting. I think the only, the only, the from memory, the only Bundesliga clubs that don't have any standing section is Bayern München and uh, Hertha Berlin. Uh, I'm positive they're the only two stadiums that don't have any sort of standing uh, in the Bundesliga anyway. Um, but that's what I like about the Bundesliga clubs. You know, you can have huge standing sections. I stood in the Duisburg standing section and it was amazing. So many people came up and were chatting to you because they realised that you had a Scottish accent and you weren't German, but you had a Duisburg scarf on and they wondered why a Scot- couple of Scottish guys were wearing Duisburg scarf. So that was quite funny. Um, you get that they're really friendly in the, you know, in the, what they call the Strayplatz, the standing sections. Um, so what what would be a really cool idea is to try and, if you, if you come ground hopping in Germany once Corona's over, um, even look at some of your regional Liga sites because there's some really interesting, um, really interesting stadiums there. And with the times, the timing of games in Germany, you can maybe make two games in one day. But it's a very, very big push. You could do that. But some, some kick off at like twelve o'clock, and then you can go to. Imagine that, um, like Fortuna Köln will play at home in the same day that FC Köln play at home. There's no really big difference. Victoria Köln as well. They play at home in the same days. You could even get a early regional Liga game with Fortuna Köln and go to see Köln at the later kickoff on Saturday night. So definitely worth looking into when you come to Germany your lower league games um, because you'll find that's where the may like you won't have any tourist fans. Any of these games will be proper Germans that support their local team and there's big followings for these clubs as well. It's not like looking at League Two in Scotland and you see maybe a couple of hundred fans a game. Sometimes you can get thousands of these games. It's absolutely crazy. Um, you could even, I mean, top of the reserve teams, I don't know if you know, like, I think 
there was um I read recently in the Regional League of Bayern, I can't remember what year it was, but Bayern Munich's Vi against 1860 Munich's Vi. So this isn't even 1860 Munich, like first team. This is the Vi team, and there's about 9,000 fans at the game. That's crazy. Imagine that for like a Colts team in Scotland. That would just wouldn't happen with it. Yeah, you wouldn't get that. You didn't get that. You about the as well, you've got even like Frankfurt as well. You have Eintracht in the Bundesliga, and then down in the Regionalliga, you have. FSV Frankfurt, you yeah. know, 12,000 capacity stadium. Uh, so doing like two games in a day would be, you know, something that ground toppers or just big football fans would be, you know, really, you know, it would really appeal to them, I think. Definitely, especially if you look at the West, the West is cl- cluttered with uh, football stadiums. Even in the Bundesliga, you know, I think there's about, there must be about like six, seven, eight teams are in the, the West kind of area around the Cologne. Um, so definitely, and even I think there's a big, there's a lot of teams. You you'll have noticed them um, looking up Regionalliga running, but there's a lot of teams from Berlin and that um, in the north east um, side of the Regionalliga. So get if you get yourself over to Berlin, like a lot of people do, don't just look for Hertha and Union. I mean, if you've not been at Union, I think if you get the first chance, you go to Union. But have a look at the the Regionalliga because there's so many teams in there um, from Berlin and even Babelsberg, another team that's quite close in uh, Potsdam. It's quite close to Berlin, so have a look in the Regionalliga and see if you can get yourself to some of these games because they'd be outstanding. Yeah, there's plenty of options there, but you know, just to kind of finish on our kind of Regionalliga section, you spoke about the the Dritterliga Lewandowski. I think mm. I've found the the Regionalliga Lewandowski. All right, okay. Mark Zimmerman he plays for Auerbach. He's currently top scorer in the league. He's got 11 goals in seven games so far but his record over the last 10 years is pretty mental in the last 10 seasons in nine of them he has more goals than games gee that's your Rory McAllister of Germany isn't it yeah although he's not actually played that many games the most games that he has down that he's played in a season is 15 so I don't know how accurate these stats on flash score are but last season 10 games 16 goals in 1819, 11 matches, 13 goals. Before that, 15 games, 17 goals. And his first season at our back in 16 17, he was eight games, 12 goals. So, I mean, he's certainly a, a goal scorer, that's for sure. He's only 30 as well, so he may have a couple more uh, seasons on him. So, can I keep it going? Yeah, well, I mean, for those goals as well, for his team, the team he plays for our back, they're currently 15th in the division. So, it's not like he's playing for a Victoria Berlin, who've played 11 1 11, you know, he's playing for a team down the wrong end of the table and he's still managing to turn up more goals than appearances. That's a very decent return, actually, uh, for, a, for a, a lower league. You know, like I said, you know, kind of a Rory McAllister type, um, always plays in the lower leagues, but you kind of wonder would he score goals in the, the higher divisions? Uh, he is possibly a, a part time player with a, a decent job, but just loves banging them in for his local side. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so, well, hopefully that gives everyone a bit of a, a, a brief description into how the Dritte League and the Regional League system works in Germany and maybe get some folk looking in. We might, we'll, we'll, I think we'll try and talk a bit more about it as well and we'll look into specific clubs and maybe do a couple like club fact files or something like that and some of the big clubs are the kind of interesting clubs in these leagues because I think um, in the gym there's definitely a lot of clubs that um, are really exciting to look at and got very rich in history as well 
especially go back to when like Bundesliga started and things like that, um, and going down the leagues and seeing, you know, it's a very new system. So hopefully it kind of continues to go quite well. But we'll jump back into some of the, the Erste Liga, the Bundesliga action. Um, so obviously last weekend, will any results stand out for you from last week before we go into preview this weekend's games? There's a Revia derby, you know, we, we kind of said it, we called it. It was a easy win for Dortmund in the end. Yeah, it was. I mean, the one game that kind of stood up to me was probably the, the Mainz Gladbach one. Mainz were yeah. so close to getting off the mark for the season, but Gladbach managed to, to come back at the death and take all three points in that one. Yeah, and when we talk about fantasy, we will not talk about the fact that I read on Twitter, Gladbach made the last sub, and I assumed that Hoffman hadn't been put on. Turns out he was put on before that. Came like he's came on, he's scored a penalty and he's got an assist. And I had already in game for some strange reason I'd taken him off my starting eleven. <laughs> um, so I lost a good amount of points um, from that. So I had a bit of a nightmare in fantasy this week because of that. Um, I had a couple of good. I mean, I do for Mecano, I had Guerrero, uh, Lewandowski. They were one of your three biggest uh, point scorers for the fantasy for last week. But I had a bit of a nightmare, um, if I'll say. And I was so close to beating you for the first time as well, which I'm really annoyed that Alario came in. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, mate. So, I, there was a couple of good results. You know, Kiln's positive result against Stuttgart after going behind, I think it was, what, 10, nearly 10 seconds or something like that. It was crazy. Um, and then Leipzig. Are you are you worried about Hertha? Before we go on to next week, are you worried about Hertha? Because we, I think we both kind of tipped in to do really well and they've, they've only got three points. Yeah, they've not been great so far, and I think they don't have the easiest matchup this weekend. I think they play Wolfsburg, so <laughs> they've been missing a few players. I think they have Guendouzi back, back now, but yeah, they've not really hit the heights that people thought they would. They're still kind of underachieving. But the thing is, we say they've not hit the heights, but you look at their performance against Munich, and they were they were outstanding. You know, Cordoba looked like he fit he fit in really well. I was really impressed by them. Um, and one week we put two two of the players in our um, like fantasy tips as well. And I don't know. It just it seems to be that they're flattered to deceive a wee bit. Um, I don't know if it's time for Hertha Berlin fans to be a bit worried. But I feel like that's all Hertha Berlin fans do. They worry, then they set the manager. That seems to be the past couple of seasons. That's what Hertha Berlin have done. I think they should believe in Labadia a wee bit. I think Labadia proved last season that he's going to turn this team around. But I think... Um, I think they need to pick up a win against Wolfsburg or it's going to start getting a bit um, panicky down the, down at the Olympic Stadion. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, maybe some players coming back for injury might make a difference, but certainly going to be tough for them. I mean, Wolfsburg had been struggling for goals in the first few games, but they managed to get two at the weekend and an important win over Bielefeld. So they seem to have maybe turned a corner as well and they don't have their European distraction. So, you know, they're Wolfsburgers. Fully, solely focusing on the getting back into Europe again next season. So, you know, they'll be equally as up for the game as Hertha. Definitely. Right. We'll go through all the games starting from Friday night. Um, Schalke, Stuttgart. Are Schalke going to turn around or Stuttgart going to continue their good start to the season? Right. Well, about this game, just to confirm, I've not had a pint since Saturday, so I'm, I'm not drunk. Um, <laughs> we're recording this on Wednesday. But for my fantasy team, I was considering... I've got two subs in mind already that I want to make two transfers. And one of them includes bringing in a midfielder for under 9 million. And 
I was looking at a Schalke player. <laughs> so I, don't oh, hey. <laughs> I don't know if I've lost the plot. I think you have. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I think Schalke plays Stuttgart at home this weekend and then next weekend they're away to Mainz and then I think they're at home to Wolfsburg. So, I mean, they have to start somewhere. But, um, uh, yeah, the player I was looking at was Nabil Bentaleb. He's only like 5.5 million, but I don't know if I'll actually go with it. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I watched the Stuttgart Cologne game on Friday night. Stuttgart were were pretty good again. They lost Kemp through injury. It's been good for them at centre back. Um, obviously, Schalke come into the game off the back of the Revier Derby, which you know they ended up losing three 0 which was to be expected. But you know Stuttgart have have done well so far. But I mean, are Schalke ever going to turn this corner, or is it going to be just continue the downward spiral? They need to. They need to turn it around eventually. I am going to back a draw. I don't. I don't know. I can't say Schalke are going to win a game yet. I think they need to win a game for me to say they're going to win a game. I think like they have to prove that they can actually go out and beat a team before I, I could be any sight <laughs> of optimism for them to go win a game. I don't know. I like. I. I, I think. I think Ballon's been very critical of his players as well and his like post-match interviews as well. I don't know if you've noticed, but he's very critical each week he picks on something. And I don't know if that's a good thing at times to be very critical um publicly of your team. I don't know if that's going to stubble them on. But I just I mean, I look back at the first podcast and you were bigging up um Kabak, and I think he's still in minus points on the, the Bundesliga um uh, fantasy table because he's not been playing because he gets sent off. So there's so <laughs> many there's so many reasons that I, th- I think you've jinxed him now <laughs> because of that. You picked him up so well and now he's not playing. They're not performing well. I think you've jinxed them and it's all down to you that uh, Gilson Kirkland's very upset at the moment that Schalke just uh, get out this run. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm going to tip a draw for that game. What are you thinking? Yeah, possibly. I just think Schalke has to do something sooner rather than later. Um, but I'm, I'll maybe agree with you on a maybe a, a score draw, maybe a one all. Right. Okay. Next game, Augsburg Mainz. This is a game that you might look at and think this could this could this wouldn't be one I'd want to watch. But Augsburg was very impressive against Leverkusen. I thought um, on Monday night. I know it's three one at the end, bit of a daft third goal to concede in my opinion, sending your goalie up. But uh, I mean, we you love to see it. As a neutral, but if I was an Augsburg fan, I wouldn't be happy that Gikovic has gone up for a corner kick in a, the what the fifth game of the this league season, and they're losing two one to Valerius, which is the worst result in the world. I don't think I don't know for me that's a bit daft. So I don't think they were um, it was the worst result and performance wise looked quite good. I think Calajuri's turned out. It's strange because at Schalke, Calajuri last season really wasn't a bright spark, but he's went to Augsburg and he's became a completely different player again. And he's been really impressive. He's probably been one of the best signings out with the big teams um, so far this season, uh, Calajuri. For me, I don't, I'm not in the same bracket as you think for Schalke, as in they need to get something soon. Mines were impressive against Munchen Gladbach, but they're also playing a bit of a depleted Gladbach side. Uh, and when Gladbach made the changes they needed to do, they came out on top. So I'm going to say Augsburg are going to win this one uh, against Mainz. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think Augsburg were decent on Monday night. I think the goals you conceded, obviously you talked about the third one where they were just you know throwing bodies forward in the last minute. But the second one as well was a strange one where they yeah. took off neither at a set piece and then 
Leverkusen scored from the set piece, but they were certainly in the game. I think the first half, Leverkusen were pretty much on top, but second half, you know, I think they, they changed things. I think the commentators picked up on the way they changed the way they were playing and it seemed to, to make a difference and they got their reward with a goal. But ultimately, you know, a couple of mistakes kind of led to them led to them losing after a positive start to the season. But um, I think it'll be a close game between those two sides anyway. Who are you backing? I'll go. I'm wearing a Mines top right now, so I'll go Mines. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, this is one right. This is this okay? I'm I was going to say there's two games I'm looking forward to this weekend, but there's actually three now. Um, Frankfurt Werder Bremen. I don't know. I've got a funny feeling this could be a cracker of a game. It's just those two teams at the moment, and as you said, when I'm I'm wearing a Bremen top at the moment. I know I'm a Köln fan, but I like my Bundesliga top, so I've got quite a few other teams. Don't judge me, please. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to back um, Bremen to beat Frankfurt at the weekend. I think. Um, Bremen are doing really well. They're looking a lot better under Kofeld this season. Frankfurt, I, I like Frankfurt, I like Adi Hütter, but I think this could be a really good game for a neutral to kind of be interested in a team that two teams are maybe not the you know the biggest teams in the country, but it's a very very solid um, fixture. What are you thinking? If you're beloved, yeah, team, both, you know. yeah. I mean, both teams are up the right end of the table. Uh, see Frankfurt, what? You know, coming in uh, off the back of a heavy defeat to Bayern, but I mean, there's no shame in that, really. But other than that, Frankfurt have been pretty impressive so far. I mean, their attack has been, you know, in, in full flow with Kamada just playing in behind uh, Dostin and Silva. They've been pretty exciting to watch. And Bremen as well, you know, talked a lot about Fulkrug. He went off injured at the weekend. Um, and they've also lost Augustinsson. I think he's going to miss this game through injury as well. But I mean, even you look at Bremen's bench. You know, there, there's some good players coming on, good players filling in, uh, young players as well that are quite exciting. So uh, that game does stand out. I think it could be well, we're going to be a nil-nil after we both say it's going to be exciting. But I mean, it has all the all the ingredients for for a really good game. Yeah, I'm going for a Bremen one, but maybe. One goal by one goal. Don't know how many goals, but by one goal, I Bremen win. I'll go with a two-two draw. I think. Oh. I think there will be not bad. Uh, the next one, Bielefeld Dortmund. I was very impressed with Bielefeld. I don't. I, I thought they played well, but they made their own mistakes. They, their own mistakes capitalised against them. Basically, the two goals that Wolfsburg scored. Okay, they were taken well, but to concede two goals in the space of a minute, both were. Right, so if you look at the free kick, if you're seeing three Wolfsburg players just to the left of your wall, like well, to the right of you're a Bielefeld player, right? There's three players to the right of you. Surely someone's got to go and mark one of them. <laughs> at least stick one yeah. man in the middle of the three of them. They left all three of them just sitting there, and I don't know if they just didn't. They didn't. Uh, they, I mean, it just didn't make sense. I don't even know what to say about it. It made no sense. And I don't I don't know if it was a great tactic by Wolfsburg because it clearly bemused the Bielefeld defence or it was just shocking defending from Bielefeld because even the second goal was shocking as well because we, we picked up Ortega and he, they like to play it around the back. You've seen that in all the games now. They like, they, they're not going to change. They like playing it um, to the defenders, you know, Peter and Brehart and things like that. You know, they like playing to them from Ortega but he's, he's giving the ball to a defender who's not even looking and then 
Wolfsburg are on the attack, so that they shot themselves in the foot. I thought they played really well, and they, Doan for me is exceptional. What a player! He's so exciting. He's one of those players who just lights up the game as soon as he gets the ball. But you can't, you can't. That's like that. Maybe shows the um, kind of vulnerability of being a new side in the league to concede two goals like that. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I mean, we spoke a lot about Bielefeld, how you know well organised they've been so far. But that first goal was a bad one to lose. You talk about them leaving players unmarked, especially the man who scored the goal about Veghorst, you know, he's the <laughs> focal point of the Wolfsburg attack and they didn't pick him up and he got an easy goal in the second one, just getting caught out playing from the back, especially after just conceding as well, you know, you think, right, just you know, settle things down, concentrate, regroup and, you know, when it went 2-0 down inside 20 minutes, you know, that's it's almost game done. Yeah, you thought that as well and then Obviously, Shiplock scored late on for them, but they, they didn't look terrible in the second half. I was quite impressed with them. It was like it was one of the full 90 minutes that I watched over the weekend, and I, I thought they were really impressive for me as a, a new side. And they just maybe don't have, and it's what I think I said we mentioned on it last week, they just don't, like Doan's looking really positive going forward. You know, I like Hartle. I think Hartle looks a very good player. Um, since he left Kiln, he didn't really look like he was he was still young at Kiln and they didn't think he was going to push on at Kiln. And then he's went to Bielefeld and he's been down the, the Zweite Liga for a couple of seasons and then he went to Bielefeld and he's looking good. But I really like Fabian Close and I don't want to say anything bad about Fabian Close, but he, he just did he didn't look like he did a lot. He was he's very good at holding up the ball, but that's all he really did in the game. He didn't really have many chances. Um, and then Shiplock came on, Shiplock scored, but at the same time, I don't think Shiplock's going to be that man who's going to be a Bundesliga, the main Bundesliga striker for them either. So I don't know if he, they just need a wee bit more up top. Because um, Cordova, I wasn't impressed with him either. So, um, you know, he signed um, in the summer from Augsburg. I wasn't so impressed with him. So I don't know if they maybe they look very good midfield and defensively. I, I mean, I say defensively, completely forgetting about those two goals against Wolfsburg. They look really impressive in that kind of middle part it's just up top there just seems to be something lacking um so that's why i don't think they'll beat dortmund i think dortmund will beat them quite comfortably just because of this because i don't see bielefeld scoring against them um that's my only worry for them i don't see them scoring against dortmund yeah that's what i was just going to pick up on as well when you talk about you know cost and ship walking attack you know, they don't really have that player who I look at their squad, they don't have that one guy who you look at and think, yeah, he's going to score double figures and keep them up. You know, minds have like Mateta last season at Cologne, you had Cordoba and Ute this year. Anderson. You, I don't think Bielefeld have that double figure striker yeah. who's going to, you know, hit those goals that they can rely on. Exactly. So I, I, I worry for them in that sense, but I still think they'll have an okay season. I, I, I think after seeing a Proper full 90 minutes of Bielefeld, one of the first full 90 minutes I've seen of them. I think they'll finish in the playoff. No lower, no think, higher, no higher, but I sure. think they'll finish playoff. Right? Do you think they would take that right now? Yeah, or? surely, because if you look at the way they play, I think they would beat as uh, Vital League aside at the moment. Depends who they come up against, uh, obviously, because there's a lot of good teams at the moment in Vital League are looking really well. Um, but I think Hamburg are probably going to win the league this year just by, you know, they've been pretty impressive. And they've got Simon Teroda, who is, again, to make that comparison, the Lewandowski of this Vital Liga. Um, so they've got Simon Teroda. I think they'll be fine eventually. So I don't think they'll have to play them. My only worry is if they come up against like a Hanover, who look really impressive 
uh, going forward this season. Keel are looking really good as well. Bochum, I like. So I don't know. For me, I think they would beat a lot of the teams in this Vital League who could finish third. But again, this Vital League is a whole other league to talk about the, the way that they. Yeah. The teams finish and stuff like that. So, we'll, we'll get into that when it gets down to the the last stages. But I think they would take third bottom. I think they would take a playoff just now. I mean, you you want you would. I mean, you get a second chance to stay up. But for me, <laughs> Dortmund the one that's quite comfortably uh, depends how they got on tonight against Zenit or yesterday as you're listening to this. Um, but I think I will go for a comfortable Dortmund win in Bielefeld. What do you think? Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. Yeah, so the, the game that I would like to just skip over, but we'll talk about it anyway. FC Köln against Bayern München. This has got a 6 0 written all over it, hasn't it? <laughs> I so don't know if I'll go that far, but I mean, uh, yeah, I do fancy Bayern as favourites. You know, we spoke earlier about their result against Moscow where they weren't at their best, but you know, Russia is not an easy place to go. So, I mean, to no. come away from there with three, still be. You know, pretty chuffed with that, and back to week business now, where you know they look to get get back into full flow. Whether they rotate their team or not, I'm not sure. We'll see, they've lost Alfonso Davis, um, for a few weeks, so you know Teo Hernandez will probably swatting at left back. He's done well so far, um, but you know they've got so many options all over the pitch. Definitely. Um, just just touching on the the Russia thing. Did you see? Um, the video that Bayern mentions Twitter page put out when they were walking into the stadium in Russia, they went into this kind of no. room. It was basically this big square, the square, oh, yeah. And they walked in, and all you saw was Lewandowski just getting like showered down with I don't know, I'm assuming it was air, some kind of um, sanitization thing. And then he came out and he's like, Woof, like he's just been hit by a <laughs> massive gust of wind. It was, it was quite funny. Very strange system, but I mean, I don't know if that maybe knocked something out of them a wee bit um, last night <laughs> during the game because, you know, like we said, they weren't they weren't really their best. So maybe they've um, they've put something in that wee system that's kind of dented them like ten percent of their game. Uh, but that was very strange. If you're not seen it, have a look at the Twitter pages for Bayern München, uh, and you'll see it's very interesting way of um, entering a stadium in Russia. But yeah. I mean, if I'm giving you a fantasy tip, Timo Horn is your man. And I would never say that in my life as a Kiln fan. I'll never say Timo Horn's your man. Even though he's one of those players, you, either, you, you love him or you hate him. But you can't help but love him because he's a, he's a Kiln boy through and through. He's been at the club for so long. He makes so many mistakes, but you don't care because he's Timo Horn. Um, but I'd get him in your squad because I think he's going to have a lot of saves to make. And at the end of the day, Bundesliga fantasy goalkeepers, they make a lot of saves. They're going to get you a lot of points. So... You look at Ortega, Ortega had a lot of really good um, points um, total against Bayern Munich recently as well. So I, if it was me, I'd get Timo Horn in your squad. Um, hopefully this isn't the week that um, Gisdol decides to put Ron Robertsila in because he's had enough of um, Timo Horn's mistakes. But I think um, get Timo Horn in your squad. That's my fantasy tip for the weekend. Uh, Timo Horn in your squad because Köln are going to get beat by Bayern Munich. I'm so pessimistic for one club, but... I, just, I don't think you can. I don't think any team in the Bundesliga right now can go and. I, I, I don't know if you agree, but I don't think any team in the Bundesliga right now can go in and say, "Ah, we can beat." Bye. Just don't, I just yeah, don't, I think a lot of kind of fear them a bit. Yeah, everyone's everyone's scared, like, even away. But if taken from anything, last the last game of the Rhine Energy, it finished four two. I'm sure four two or four three, and count came back a couple of times. It probably should have grabbed the draw. They played really well. They can. Kind of, it's weird. They just kind of turned up. Um, 
there's been a couple of times Kellen just turn up. I mean, um, there was one time with the Alliance and he chucked Lucas Clinton up front and he just looked like a bit of a headless chicken running about. He's a right back, but he's so speedy. Um, and he done really well going forward, but I think he only finished 1-0 that game. It was a really close kind of game, so maybe they'll, maybe they'll be a bit better than I'm making out to be, but I'm going for a bit of a, I'm going for a, bit of a heavy um, Bayern win for that one. Do you agree, or are you going for a, a lesser Bayern win? Yeah, a lesser win. Maybe the you know travelling back from Russia, will that have an impact? I'm not sure, but I'll go maybe just 2-0. Yeah, okay. So this this another game that I'm quite looking forward to this weekend. Uh, that I'd quite like to give a look at. Munich Gladbach Leipzig. Both teams coming out of Europe. Hopefully both having a positive result if Leipzig do well against Man United. Gladbach looking really good. Leipzig looking really good. Rosa against Nagelsmann. Who's coming out on top of that one? That's probably the game of the weekend, isn't it? Really, yeah. um, clubs going for Champions League again. Um, I've been impressed with Gladbach so far when I've watched them in Europe. In the league, they've not really hit the heights yet. You know, they struggled past Mainz at the weekend. They dropped points against a home to Union. Um, whereas Leipzig are, well, they're top of the table at the moment. So they're the, yeah. the team to be. And again, we talk about strength and depth. They probably have, outside of Bayern, the strongest strength and depth where they can rotate almost anyone and bring in someone pretty much almost as strong, especially in those kind of midfield areas where you have Nkunku, Forsberg, Olmo, Haidara, Tyler Adams. The list is, is endless. Mental, it's absolutely, but it's amazing. And when you look at it from Mancano, I mean, the boy's unstoppable. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I read on Twitter he had most shots in goal uh, in the first half for a Leipzig player when <laughs> he was going forward, more forward passes, things like that. He's, he's, an, he's just a, he's a tank, from Mancano. Um, he's another. If you've got money to spend, he was my star man this weekend uh, in defence and done really well considering the amount of mistakes I made. Uh, but he he brought back a lot of points for me. So Upamecano is definitely worth it um, to kind of stick in your team as one of your expensive options. But I don't know what are you saying. This so this is the evening game, so this will be on BT. Uh, well, this will definitely be on BT in Britain. What are you thinking? Gladbach or Leipzig? I can't, I'm going to have to sit in the fence and go for a draw because I can't choose one. Yeah, I'm going to go for a draw as well. I just think with Leipzig, one thing that's not got going for them is their new strikers. No one's really got going. Like Wang, who came in from Salzburg, struggled so far. Sorwat got a start at the weekend. Um, I think Yusuf Paulson still Nagelsmann's number one striker. Um, so maybe that's yeah, maybe that's the only area that of the team just now. But I, I think another score draw. I think both teams will, will go for it. But every every game's going to end up a draw, apart from Dortmund and Bayern. That looks like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's that's one definitely get mentioned. Glad back Leipzig on your telly on Saturday night because I mean in the UK, what else are you going to do on Saturday night when there's no pub to go to? So. Fifteen quid uh, for some mid-table prem game. Exactly, it'll be so much better than that. So I'd, I, I totally agree. Get Munich Gladbach against Leipzig on your telly. It'll be a, it should be a great game. But again, it's going to turn out to be a nothing each after us completely bigging up. Um, so move on. Last three games, move on to Sunday games. So Freiburg Leverkusen. For me, it's going to be a bit of an easy Leverkusen win. I think Freiburg haven't really, they've not really impressed me much personally. You know, they've only picked up one win so far. 
Um, although that was in the you know the first game, so they've not won since the first game of the season. I don't know. I think um, Leverkusen are starting to look strong. They've put, they've put themselves into the top four now. They've, I mean, they, they, we were saying that they need to stop drawing games. They did. They've won the last two now. I don't see them not winning this one. I think they'll have a positive result in Europe as well, and then they'll go in to the game on Sunday, and I think they'll probably beat Freiburg. No disrespect to any Freiburg fans, because I really like Christian Strike, the manager. I think he's great. But yeah. I'm going to I'm going to give it a bit of an easy one for Leverkusen. What's your thoughts? I agree. They've been quite free-flowing and attacking recently. You know, they scored six in Europe and then three at the weekend. Um, Alario has been setting that, but they have so many exciting players around them, like Amiri, Florian Verts, um, Leon Bailey, Musa Diaby. You know, they're really starting to, to get into full flow now and that saw them, you know, completely shoot up after, up the table after their win on Monday night. Um, so I think they'll fancy another three points on Sunday. Oh, definitely. And I think um, even looking at it, I thought that um, Amiri played really well in Europe as well. And I wonder if there's, there's that slot to fill in. Havertz's slot is there to fill in. And I think the good thing, as you said, you just listed off so many very good players, very good young players as well. Um, that can come in and fill that slot. And I think that slot is there to be filled by someone to be the main man. So it'd be interesting to see who actually makes up in the end, who's going to be that man. But I thought, I thought Miri did himself no problem uh, against uh, Nice um, on Thursday night, last week in the Europa League. Very important win, but I would say that even Bellarabi, Bellarabi was really good. Bellarabi's good... Um, head on him, you know, good older older statesman in the game. Quite impressed with Bayer Leverkusen squad at the moment, so aye, I think we're both maybe in agreement still be at a win for Leverkusen. Yeah, I think so. I mean, a player, I spoke before about me looking for a midfielder under 9 million in the fantasy game, Florian Verts is one yeah. who fits that, fits that category, but the only thing stopping me is I've already got two Leverkusen players in my squad. Do I want a third when they play Gladbach next week? I'm not fully decided on that as of yet, but Virch certainly isn't isn't a bad option. Definitely not. Definitely not. So um, we'll go into the last two games. Another Sunday game. We've kind of briefly spoke about this game already, so we'll just kind of glimpse over it. Hertha Berlin against Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg, um, obviously, you know, good good win for them. Finally got out of that um, drawing streak that they had. They needed a win. They needed a goal at home. Uh, Veghorst probably got to eyes. Did say last week I was putting Veghorst in my team, hoping he scored his first goal, so he did. Um, so I think Veghorst might be off the mark now. He missed a couple of very, very easy chances, though. I don't know if he just, he just he's shy of a bit of confidence, but he missed a couple of decent chances against Bielefeld as well. There's one right in the death where he had an easy hit, um, and I don't know. I think he just kind of went for the most spectacular over the easy finish. Um, but like we mentioned, Hertha, very disappointing start to the season. Is it still too, maybe a bit too early still to um, to worry? But if they can beat by Wolfsburg and they're still sitting, you know, and just above that relegation zone, I mean, look, they've only picked up three points. That's really disappointing. Considering the first game of the season was excellent. They easily beat Werder Bremen in the first game of the season, 4-1. And then after that, they've just been really disappointing. I mean, they lost to Frankfurt. Um, and then, but I mean, Okay, Bayern, they played really well in the third game. And then losing to Stuttgart 2-0 was a bit of a disappointment. And obviously, Leipzig, you know, you're not going to... You're not going to assume you're going to go to the Red Bull Arena. Um, 
and pick up any points. So it's disappointing for them. This is probably the game, the next couple of games Hertha have got um, before they get Dortmund is Wolfsburg and Augsburg. So if they want to be up there challenging, they're going to need to pick up maximum points for me in this. Um, if they don't, I'm going to struggle for them. But I'm going to going to go for a Wolfsburg win. I think I don't know. I just think confidence probably not high in Hertha at the moment, uh, and Wolfsburg will be really rejuvenated after that win um, last week against Bielefeld. Yeah, I, th- I think I don't think there will be as many goals in this one. Just with Hertha being maybe slightly more in confidence in Wolfsburg, just traditionally their games seem to be worse scored, and you know they're pretty organised defensively and going forward. You know, I, well, we spoke earlier about how they struggled for goals until Sunday, where you know they won two one from two mistakes, really. Yeah. But fancy Wolfsburg maybe one nil. I mean, another midfielder in that nine million category that comes in is uh, Mehmedi for Wolfsburg, but. Yeah. already have Dion and Castiles in goal, so I don't know if I want a third Wolfsburg player, but there's options out there. But yeah, yeah I fancy this one to be a bit worse scoring. I'll go with 1-0 to the away side. Yeah, Wolfsburg to win. There's a lot of good um, midfielders. I don't think Breckler will be back yet from his um, quarantine. Um, yeah, from his isolation, he was obviously tested positive recently, so I think he'll still be out. He could be, He's a good one to get in your squad eventually. Uh, when the season goes on, but I think he'll still be out. But there's a lot of good depth. Uh, even watching the game on Sunday, there's a lot of good depth to that midfield in Wolfsburg. And they've, you know, they brought in like players like Stefan, who looked really good. Um, the Swiss um, winger, he looked really good when he, he was playing against uh, Bielefeld. I like their midfield. I like their attack. I actually, I actually quite like Wolfsburg's squad. Um, and the fact they can alternate their keepers as well, very important and very important for any fantasy fans. You could probably have, you could probably put Castiles and Pervan in your squad because there's a good chance one of them's like, well, obviously there's a good chance one of them's going to play. But if Castiles isn't playing, Pervan's a very good option. So uh, even have a look at both of them for the next coming matches. And then we move on to the last game of the match day, what, six? Hoffenheim will host Union Berlin on Monday night. So another uh, Montags game. You know, they're not they're not really big fans of the Monday night games in Germany. There's been a lot of protests recently, but obviously the game Monday last week for Leverkusen against Augsburg, there's no fans, so it's hard to protest against it. Um, and I'm positive this is the last season. There will be Monday night games in the Bundesliga after they change the rule. But what are you thinking for Hoffenheim Union? I think that's gonna be an interesting game. I like I like um, Hoffenheim recently, but I've also got I mean, I think we've both kind of admitted that in this podcast we'll give you slight soft spot for Union Berlin. Yeah, definitely. This is a game that could go either way. Just looking at the form, uh Hoffenheim haven't won since they beat Bayern, so they're winless in three. They lost to Frankfurt and Dortmund and then drew against Bremen. Whereas Union are unbeaten in their last four. I think they've they beat Mainz 4-0 and then they've had three one-all draws. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it could go either way. I mean, I quite like, I do have a soft spot for Union, like you say, just the stadium and the kind of culture of the whole club and the way they go about things. So, it'll be one I'll probably tune into on, on Monday night, I think. But, I mean, could it be a, another one-all for Union, maybe? I think I might go with that. I mean, there's so many draws this weekend. I know. I, th- I feel like it's going to be one of a very tough... Very tough kind of match day, I think. There's, I think we've called one, two, three, four. I mean, how many we called them six draws out of that? <laughs> and that's yeah. out of nine games. That's a lot. That's a lot of draws. So, but the thing is, usually you find in Germany the draws that are usually scoring. There's not many zero zero um, 
games apart from Wolfsburg v Augsburg, which was one earlier this season. You know, there's not many scoreless draws, so I think um, even if there is a is a draw for most of these games at the weekend, I think there will be goals in them. For me, Hoffenheim. I think, I mean, I don't want to call it because we're, we're very unsure last week. I think Kramaric might be back. He, yeah. definitely did not, he definitely did not play last week. <laughs> so we were definitely <laughs> wrong um, to say that. He's definitely, he was definitely not playing. I think he should be back. It just depends if, if he's been training much, if they're going to start him. But I think you can see that they actually missed him um, last week. Yeah, I mean, obviously I built up that game to be full Krug versus Kramaric uh, last weekend. Just didn't play in full crew, went off injured after half an hour. So, yeah, well <laughs> done. And Kravitz didn't <laughs> play, so well done on that one. You called that one very well. Um, aye. I think I, it was it was a good game, actually, um, that, that that one, but it missed a goal scorer. That was the, that was the whole the whole ninety minutes. I missed a goal scorer and full crew going off early. He looked really annoyed. He was going off. In fact, he didn't. He, he looked a bit. Um, he's been plagued with injuries the past couple of seasons. He doesn't want to be out for any longer now. So. Bremen need him back. Hoffenheim need Kramerich back. I don't think I think it proved um that they needed that goal scorer there because it just didn't, you know, Geiger scored a very, very good goal, you know, very good goal with both goals coming from midfield on Sunday, just kinda of proves that both teams are kinda of needing that their main the main man up front. So if Kramerich is back, you might see Hoffenheim edge this one. Um, but it could be another good game. Like I said, I think I've got a wee bit of a soft spot for Union Berlin as well. So I'd like to see them do well only if they don't play Cologne because they always seem to be Cologne. They, get, <laughs> they always get really good results against Cologne. So I, I think um, I'm going to go for a wee Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim win on Monday night. So we'll finish up there today. Uh, obviously, a bit of a longer one today. Hopefully, it was very interesting to hear about the Drift League and Regional League. We can go into a bit more details now that we've got the, the main structure of both competitions down and kind of the main teams. And I'd like, I think we could both maybe pick a couple of teams, you know, even give us suggestions of teams you'd like to hear about, you know, kind of club fact fails, things like that. It'd be quite interesting because, like we, we have previously said, a lot of big clubs in Drift League got a lot of sleeping giants in the regional leagues, you know, look very, very decent. They could come up eventually, especially Drit Liga could come up. Um, so I'd like to speak more about that. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed that. A bit of a different one. Um, we'll post our fantasy tips um, on Friday during the day, you know, just before the games kick off on Friday night, just to get some, some of your players in. We'll pick um, our top four players for each position and see how they got on. Hopefully, there's not as many draws as we said there's going to be um, this weekend, but as long as there's goals in the Bundesliga, I think it's going to be a very exciting weekend again. So, cheers for listening again, and we'll see you later. Scotland have bounced back again here, yet again!